morning, everyone. Oh, Ladine made it today. Praise the Lord. Good. Good to see all of you this morning. All right. Well, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we do praise and thank you for this beautiful day with all of the gray skies that are going to bring us rain today. We thank you for that rain, and we thank you that you are the sovereign God who prepares all things and who leads us in all things. We ask you to lead us through our um, service this morning and that these special events um, that we will have in our service today will be a blessing for all. We ask you to open our eyes to your word and our ears to um, the message that you bring to us that we might be encouraged and we might be strengthened for the walk that we have this coming week. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Oh, what a beautiful day. You know, on the other side of the clouds, are, there's the glorious sunshine. And I, I was thinking of that song this morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. It's a day that he has created. <clears throat> Enjoying God's presence. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Have you ever watched a young couple communicate their love for each other without ever saying a word? May you have experienced that joy yourself. Every glance, every touch, Every smile conveys love. People deeply in love find an absolute bliss simply being in each other's presence. In the same way, being simply in the presence of God brings us great joy. It happens as we listen to him speak through his word. It happens when we pray. But it also happens when we are simply in his presence meditating on his goodness, delighting in the beauty of his creation, rejoicing in the life a new baby, or a surprise of an unexpected blessing. The Bible says, be still and know I am God. Someday we will be in his presence forever. The Bible says, God himself will be with them. What joy that will be. But in the meantime, delight in his presence right now, for he is with you every hour of every day. The hope for today, are you ever guilty of taking God's presence for granted? Perhaps you've lost a little of the awe and the wonder. Take a moment to rekindle that passion and ponder anew the glory of Emmanuel, God with us. With us, let us... <laughs> great and mighty is the Lord our God Great and mighty is He Great and mighty is the Lord our God Great and mighty is He Lift your banner, let the anthems ring Praises to our King Great and mighty is the Lord our God, great and mighty is He. 
Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Lift up your banner, let the anthems ring. Praises to our King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He.
I'm obviously doing double duty this morning. Psalm 111, 1 through 10. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hand are verity and justice. I love that word, verity. And all his precepts are sure. I love the word precepts. <laughs> they stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and how we are reminded of that in Proverbs 1 also. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as a Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around, saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and see, he said, which was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, brother, was one of those who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. We have to go through a lot more for a name change than that, huh? Uh, <laughs> You'll join me now in the responsive reading. Lord God, friend of those in need, your son Jesus has untied our burden and healed our spirits. We lift up the prayers of our hearts for those still burdened, those seeking healing, those in need within the church and the world. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, creator of all, owner of all, who great, who there are many that think that they own things and they don't realize that you are just putting them out there on loan. For a while, but you said, you know, I'm learning these stuff to you guys, but I expect you to share with others. And you, as you share them with others, share my word. Let them know that it is because 
of what our, your son taught us that we share with others and that, or that we're called upon to share with others and to use the gifts that you've granted us wisely. So Lord, we ask that you give us the ability to, to take these things and use the gifts that we take to get today and use them wisely and use them so that others may come to know you. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay. 
Good morning. There aren't too many songs that I would qualify as an anthem, but uh, that is certainly one. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and call it your victory or my victory. <clears throat> All I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. This song is high truth. And uh, I would go further and say it is immaculate doctrine. If Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are preaching a central truth to us in this day and age, it is this. Praise, worship. Bowing down before the throne of God and learning to be still before him. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Some would say, you come back with the head of my enemy is a rather grotesque and obscene word picture. But I say if you were one of the thousands of the Israelite troops who stood shaking in their armor as Goliath uttered his insults, you would have rejoiced when David lifted Goliath's severed head. I think you would have rejoiced greatly. The problem for most of us is that we live in denial. And I always preached myself first, so there you go. We refuse to even consider that every day, every hour, our enemy is planning and waging a horrific war against us. We are living in denial and greatly deceived if we think our enemy would not rejoice in severing our heads. Hallelujah, great defender, so much better your way. Perhaps if we lived in Israel today, under the threat of total annihilation every day, this song would mean more to us. When I visited in 2015, we had planned a trip to um, northern Israel, and um, we did not know, none of us on the trip were checking the news, but they'd had a car bombing in the spot where we were headed. And uh, we didn't hear about it until that evening. But I thought it most interesting that that evening the uh, Israeli news reported it with all the emotion of a traffic jam. It was that commonplace. 
No one was killed, so all in all, it was a good day. Imagine living under that every day. Hallelujah, you have saved me so much better this way. Let's pray. Father God, wake us up to the reality of the world that we live in. It is so much more dangerous than what we see, and what we see is horrifying. But Father, you are greater. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Wake us up to the reality that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We live in a protected state by the grace of Jesus Christ. Wake us up, Lord. And Father, anoint every word this morning for your glory and the benefit of these good people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Show us slide number one, if you would, please. My sermon title this morning is, I Am the Good Shepherd. We're beginning a study for the next several weeks on the I Ams of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. There are I Ams throughout the Bible, but we're going to focus on the seven I Ams of Jesus in John. I am is the name, if you will recall, that God gave Moses at the burning bush. And you'll remember Moses questioned the Lord, saying, when I say the God of your fathers sent me, I know these people. They will ask, and what God is that? And the Lord said, tell them the I am sent you. The root word of I am is Yahweh. And the Jews today will not pronounce Yahweh. They replace it with Adonai. They are so reverent of the name Yahweh. They will always replace it with Adonai. The word Yahweh means to breathe or to exist. And therefore is often translated the living God. Literally, Yahweh means I am who I am. Or I will be who I will be. And it is always in the emphatic in other words, I will be all that I have determined to be, good, right, and holy. I've been fascinated with Native American names, uh, perhaps because our family genealogist uh, has insisted through the years that uh, one of the patriarchs of my family married a daughter of a Cherokee chief, which she claims... Uh, <clears throat> caused us to be disinherited from the family name in England, but that's okay. The, many of the uh, American Native names are verbs, like I am. For instance, standing bear, running elk. 
God's name is profound. I am. Think about it. What he's saying is, I exist. I have always existed. I am the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. I am he who was and is and forevermore will be. He could just as easily say, I'm all there is. I'm all that will ever be. I am the forever living God. Show us slide two, please. In John chapter 10, verse 14, the forever living God identifies himself as the good shepherd. Thereby, he identifies himself as our forever good shepherd, eternally. When God places I am before any word, it means he will be and he will perform that function eternally. That's profound. John chapter 10, verse 14 through 16. Slide two, please. I am the good shepherd and I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too in another fold. Who's that? He's preaching to the Jews here. So we're, we're the other sheep in the other fold. I must bring them also and they will heed my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. We have been grafted into the tree of Israel. Don't let anyone tell you different. We have been gathered into the same sheepfold as Israel. We are one with Israel. And that's why we should pray for Israel. And God help this nation if we ever turn our back on Israel. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Think on it. That's powerful. We have been made provision to know God as well as he knows us. Think on that. How well does the Father know us? Infinitely. He knows every hair on our head. The Lord Jesus has made it possible for us to know him as well as he knows us. That's amazing. Are you digging down deep into the riches of his grace? So you can say, I know him well. So you can say, I am a friend of God. <laughs> Do you remember the story of Enoch? My great-great-grandfather was named Enoch. I'm kind of proud of that. That's a lot to live up to. If you will remember, God and Enoch were tight, very tight. The story goes that one day Enoch and the Lord God were out walking. And they continued on and on. And eventually the Lord God said to Enoch, Enoch, we're closer to my home than to yours. 
why don't you just come home with me forever? The Lord translated Enoch. He never saw death. I want to be Enoch. Slide three, please. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 10. This is from the Living Bible. O Lord, you have, ex <clears throat> excuse me, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand. When far away, you know my every thought. Imagine that you have the power to know God's every thought about you. Think on that. You chart the path ahead of me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. You both proceed and follow me and place your hand of blessing on my head. Slide four, please. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds to the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. We were made to be in complete fellowship with the Lord God. We were made to ascend to the level of communion that Enoch had with Father God. Slide five, please. Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What are the benefits of being sheep? in God's pasture. Slide number six, please. Psalm 23. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Do we believe that this morning? Are we claiming that? If not, we should be. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me do what honors him most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Therefore, blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever. <coughs> Let's do some exegesis on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. What happens when we offer a 
praise and worship, when we bow down and are still before God, we find everything we need. What happens when we affirm that the Lord is God? What happens when we affirm that we are indeed the sheep of his pasture? When we rest in that and truly appreciate it. Verse 2, he lets me rest in his meadow and leads me beside the quiet streams. And when I rest in his meadow, he alone is my great defender. <clears throat> my wife and I uh, subscribe to a uh, conservative magazine called Epoch Times. And there was a story last week of Casper, the Great Pyrenees. Now, you might recall I preached several weeks ago uh, about a uh, purveyor of lamb meat at the farmer's market. And uh, one day I asked him, I said, how many sheep do you have? He said, 200. I said, wow. Uh, you, you must have a whole flock of uh, Australian shepherds to keep up with them. And he said, no, no, no. Just one Pyrenees. <laughs> I thought, amazing. Well, Casper the Great Pyrenees was attacked by 11 coyotes. This happened on a farm in Georgia. And uh, Casper managed to kill eight of them before the last three got smart enough to walk away. Casper suffered serious injuries. His tail had to be amputated. His ears were shredded. He had to be hospitalized, but uh, he won. God is far greater as your defender than this amazing animal. And he is even more fierce. Hallelujah, great defender. So much better your way. You lead me beside quiet streams. The King James says still waters. I've preached on this before. If you're a fisherman and you're out on the water and you see a dark patch that's very, very still, you know those waters are deep. You've heard the expression, still waters run deep. I have told you before about my scuba diving experiences. I had the great privilege to go to Belize, that is on the eastern coast of Central America. It is home to the second greatest barrier reef in the world. Most of the dives that you will do in Belize are deep dives. They're approaching anywhere from 100 to 120 feet, which is considered to be the limits of recreational diving. But in Belize, once you get out past the beach, the structure drops off quickly, very sharply, on down to typically 100 or more feet. When you're on the ocean floor, it is an incredible experience. There's no current. 
no sharks, no barracuda, just stillness and quiet, amazing quiet. It's incredible serenity. We talked about Isaiah 30:15 last week. Repentance and rest. In your repentance and rest is your salvation. This scripture is all about learning to stay still before God. There's incredible security, incredible serenity when we are still before God. And unless your soul is still before God, resting in his presence, it's going to be very difficult for you to know him well. But back to scuba diving. Still waters. As I said, the deeper you go, the quieter it gets. The more focused you become. Why? Because the deeper you go, the more dangerous it is. Scuba divers learn, well, one of the first things we learn is um, what are called atmospheres in the water. At 33 feet, the pressure on your ears, the pressure on your entire body increases to roughly 30 pounds per square inch. By the time you get down to 100 feet, there's 88 pounds of pressure on every square inch of your body. 88 pounds of pressure on your eardrums. Have you noticed that even in a 10-foot pool, if you dive down to 10 feet, your eardrums feel like they're going to burst? That's because you have not equalized the pressure in your ear canal. When you're diving, you have to do that every 10 feet or you burst an eardrum. Deep dives like Belize require preparation. Why? You need to study. You need to know what you're doing. Because once you've been at 100 feet, if you come up too fast, you get what is called the bends. The nitrogen in all the tissue in your body, especially in your joints, has been compressed. And if you don't allow it to gradually compress, your blood starts to boil. You have nitrogen narcosis. So you need to know what you're doing if you're deep diving. You have to prepare. You have to study. You have to train. You need to know your limitations and you need to know the risk. Deep diving into God's deep end of the ocean. Deep diving into God's spirit requires the same preparation, study, and training. There is a pastor in uh, Chicago by the name of Wilfredo de Jesus. He works in the inner cities and uh, has acquired quite a reputation. I love uh, one of his quotes. He says, the moment you decide to stand in the gap, there will always be opposition." But God is with you. Verse 3, he gives me new strength. He helps me do what honors him most. 
David the shepherd boy did not have great Pyrenees to help him fend off predators. And you'll remember the story that as a boy, we think David was maybe 12 at the most 13 when he fought Goliath. But he went to take bread and preparations to his brothers on the front lines. And in 1 Samuel, we read that uh, King Saul offers David his own personal armor. But David explains to Saul that he doesn't need conventional armor. He told Saul, I have fought a lion and a bear with just my sling and the Spirit of God. David knew how to fight in the Spirit of God. I had a good friend, still a good friend, when I was living in Dallas. He lived right across the alley from me. And I, uh, when I first met him, his pregnant wife was climbing a ladder, this was at Christmas time, hanging up Christmas tree lights. And uh, I had seen him in uniform, so I knew he was a paratrooper. And I, I jokingly said, uh, you're a paratrooper, why aren't you stringing out the lights? She's pregnant. He said, yeah, but that's dangerous. Every time he deployed, he did uh, three tours in Iraq and four tours in Afghanistan. He had fought in Desert Storm, gotten out of the army, but stayed in the reserves. And the night they called him up to Iraq, we uh, went out to dinner. And it was a, a, a somber occasion. But before he deployed, I prayed Psalm 144 over him. Bless the Lord, who is my immovable rock. He gives me strength and skill in battle. He is always kind and loving to me. He is my fortress, my tower of strength and safety, my deliverer, my great defender. He stands before me as a shield. O oh Lord, let loose your lightning bolts, your arrows upon my enemies and scatter them. Reach down from heaven and rescue me. Deliver me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. Show us slide seven, please. Mark's Humvee was hit by an RPG. Pretty much destroyed his Humvee. The man behind him the soldier behind him, lost an arm and a leg, was blown out of the vehicle. The driver was killed. And Mark piles out of the Humvee. It's an amazing story because he, he, uh, he had certifications here in the States uh, as an EMT, but the Army wouldn't recognize him as uh, having that training. Nonetheless, he saved the man's life. And uh, while he was applying tourniquets and so forth, they were under heavy fire. He didn't flinch. He saved this man's life. And for that, he received the combat infantry badge. If you know soldiers, especially in the Army, the CIB 
is more valuable to them than a Congressional Medal of Honor because it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with your personal heroism. He received two stars. Actually, that represents three stars because he fought in three different theaters and earned that badge in all three. He also earned two bronze stars in different campaigns. The CIB is awarded for heroic and meritorious service in combat, thus combat infantry badge. I prayed for him before he deployed so he would be covered in grace and that he would fight like David's mighty men, fight with and in the Spirit of God. And I reminded him one of David's mighty men took stand in a field and with a spear slew 800 men in one battle. That's fighting in the Spirit of God. Isn't it amazing how stupid our enemy can be? You would think after 200 were laying dead, you'd find another, you know, you'd, you'd exit. You'd find an excuse to go fight elsewhere. But no, 800 lined up thinking they were better. All I did was praise him. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. If we expect to win any battles against our enemy, we must fight in the spirit, on our knees, in reverence and trust. C.H. Spurgeon, the sinner is a sacred thing. The Holy Spirit has made him so. We are sacred, but to be effective, we must learn to live and praise and worship. Learn to bow down. Learn to be still before Almighty God. Show us slide eight, please. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even when walking through the shadow of the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. There's an old saying, there is no courage without fear. We can only make fear walk behind us when we are walking with Christ. Courage is fear that has been conquered. Psalm 91. We live within the shadow of the Almighty, shattered by the God who is above all gods. And this I declare that he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I am trusting him. For he rescues you from every trap and protects you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. They will shelter you. His faithful promises are your armor. Now you don't need to be afraid of the dark anymore, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plagues of darkness, nor disasters in the morning. Though a thousand fall at my side, though ten thousand are dying around me, the evil will not touch me. Memorize this quote from Rick Warren. 
I've told you this before, but it's worth hearing again. After his son's suicide, a uh, very reckless reporter asked him, what did you learn from your son's death? He said, I learned this when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember this, there can't be shadows without light. Psalm 23, 5. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Therefore, blessings overflow. What's this mean? You prepare a sumptuous feast for me in the presence of my enemies. It means they will watch your victory and eat their hearts out. There will always be opposition, but God is greater. The New King James says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I have a favorite saying that probably most of you have heard me say when you ask how I'm doing. I like to answer blessed and highly favored, just like you. In Old Testament times and even in Jesus' day, when you welcomed a guest into your home, you anointed them with perfumed oil. And when you did this, you were showing them great favor and perfect hospitality. This is how the Father welcomes us into his presence, with the oil of his Holy Spirit. This is a promise we typically fail to claim. A promise that we fail to comprehend. We give it lip service and let the cares of this life cast a giant shadow over us. Whereby we tend to live in fear and doubt rather than in the glory and joy of the Lord. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life. And afterwards I will live forevermore with you in your home. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we have so many precious promises from you. Regrettably so many that... Uh, we fail to comprehend, fail to claim, fail to live in. Help us, Lord. We are weak, but you are strong. Lord, my mantra lately has been John Wesley's credo. God does nothing but in answer to prayer. I need to pray more. We all need to pray more, Lord. And in our prayers, we need to claim your provision, claim your protection, claim all of your promises so we can live victorious and make a difference in this world, push back the darkness in this world. Make it so, Father. Make it so in Jesus' name. Amen. My benediction this morning is from Psalm 133. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. 
This psalm highlights and praises those who have figured out that community and fellowship is the essence of what we call church. This psalm emphasizes that which is demonstrated throughout Scripture. Community is essential. The Holy Scriptures know nothing, nor do they even allude to such a thing as the solitary Christian. There are no lone rangers in Jesus Christ. The people of faith represented in Scripture are always members of community. Adam was not complete, did not have community until the fellowship of Eve. God never works with individuals in isolation. Think on that. He always works with individuals who have been formed into a dynamic community by his Holy Spirit. Although our little community here is small, that's no excuse for us being anything other than dynamic. Can I hear an amen? Blessings to you all. We are not only children and part of the family, but he's called us to be a friend. And a friend is there during the good times and the bad times. Even though the song has a lighthearted melody, think of that profoundness as we sing these words. Savior, 